Welcome everyone to the League Scenes look at round three of the NRL season where the NRL embraced multiculturalism. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Unlimited website, front row program and statistician with Stats Perform. Joining me, as always, is 2SM journalist Reese Sullivan. Reese, good to have you here, my friend. Yes. So we're now three weeks into the season. We're starting to see sort of where everyone sits, the haves and the have-nots in the NRL. And mm-hmm. it's made for some interesting games this week. Certainly has. We had a lot of scoring. We've got a bit of a theory on why we saw a bit of record scoring in round three of the competition. So we're going to go through all eight games. We're also going to go have a look and deep dive at Supercoach this week. Of course, it was a very interesting week for Supercoach. And we'll be looking at that, looking at what we'll do as round trades next week. Of course, next week's very important. The first price rises and drops come into play. Who you should target, who you shouldn't target. We'll have a look at that. And plus, we'll also look at our lol cow of the week. So with that in mind, we're going to jump straight into footy. Thursday night footy saw Manly take on Parramatta, the age-old rivalry. And it was a 34-30 victory for the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Mate, are we getting fooled by Anthony Seabold again? Well, I mean, like like I said, we know what happened the last time an Anthony Seabold coach side won two straight games to start the season. <laughs> Yeah, they only won one more game the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, it did. I will say what I saw from Manly was really pressing. Yeah. I don't I don't know how sustainable it is, but it was really promising. It was very promising. Uh I wanna give uh before we actually I wanna touch on a couple of other things. I thought their go for it was really impressive. But as we did last year, it is time for this week's Schuster Watch. Here we go. Now, we were one of the biggest criticisms, criti- critics, I should say, of Josh Schuster's move to 5'8 this year. Now, I wasn't expecting the world from Josh, but just before I dive into the stats, I thought he was very good. I thought he was very good. Yeah, I'm... I'll still be a little bit critical. I think he could have taken the line on a little bit more. I think he was a bit too passive. But first game at 5'8", coming back from a calf strain, I think he did his job really well. Yeah, got through the 76 minutes of action. Josh Schuster, he came off in the final five for KO Weeks. Uh, He had nine carries of the football for 63 metres, one line break assist, three try assists, uh, one tackle break, two dummy half runs, uh, 35 touches, DC had 50, Turbo had 40. So it's not quite at Flano to Birdo levels. I think that's sustainable enough for now for Manly. What do you think there? Yeah, I think in reality, Cherry Evans should 100% be the dominant half. He's the guy who's always been that dominant half, even when you had, you know, Kieran Foran next to him. But Schuster... 35 touches is around about where I think he should be because he's not going to be doing much of the kicking when he is going to be attacking kicks like what led to the two tries, uh, Olakuatu and Chaboyevic on the chip kick. And then, but like I said, I think he does need to engage the line a little bit more. He only had the nine carries for 63 metres on a single metre post-contact, which, you know, for his size, that is a bit of a worry. But Mm -hmm. I think he will grow into the role. I think... First game at 5-8 to walk away with a line break assist and three try assists. I think that's really promising. Indeed it is. Uh, Just finally defensively for Schuster, uh, 74% 
efficiency, it rounds up to 14 tackles, three misses, two ineffective, uh, four kicks, which we touched on, which were effective for the sure spy star. Uh, four... Just quickly, the big thing with the defense, those missed tackles now are a lot less noticeable at 5'8 than they were in the back row. Yeah, I tend to agree there, my friend Turbo. What more can you say about this man? He is just on a different level. And I think when he gets back to full fitness, the rest of the competition is very careful. Uh, through the middle, I thought Jerbo was solid, as well as Paseka. Uh, Hamoli, Olukawatu, great, picking up a double. Plus, off our man Hopgood's intercept as well. Uh, I wanted to see a little bit more out of Ben Trebojevic than what we saw. He got through 21 minutes of game time. Should have probably done a little bit more. Uh, and then Sean Kepi, eight for 85. I think he's found a bit of a home there on the bench. Yeah, he really has. He's playing his role nicely. 42 of those meters came post contact too. So that's a really big margin. Um, but yeah, he's the lead off the bench. And he's just really found his role well. He's, you know, it's interesting to see him up over Ethan Moore. Obviously, they had Martin Tapau last season. They got rid of him for Kepi. So. Mm-hmm. You know, Seabold does is well trusting him, and he is rewarding that trust at the moment. Indeed, he is, and it was a very good performance from the manly side. But we have to shift over to Parramatta. What is going on at Parramatta? Like, there are some problems here that need to be addressed. I think Wanga Blake and Bailey Simonson, that is the most suspect edge in the competition. Yeah. 100%. And I know there is a part of me that's going, oh, they've won- They've lost three games by four points each, you know? They're right on the door. It's going to get better. But at the end of the day, with how close the comp is probably going to be this year, those three games could be the difference between a top four berth and missing the finals. Yeah. Uh, uh, quickly. These are, these are all winnable games at the end of the day for Parramatta. They should have won the Melbourne game. You know, they should have won the game against Cronulla. And even this game, they let slip. Six tries all. They should have Mitch Moses' goal kicking. That's an aspect that now comes in with a little bit with Mitchy Mo. Especially, especially given Parramatta, they're making so many errors. They don't usually get attacking sets where they can, you know, get penalty goals or, you know, get tries too often. A lot of their tries came... They just get one chance in the team and they convert. Yeah, 100% right, my friend. But I just thought uh, we criticised Brad Arthur's rotation last week. Um, everyone managed to get a go this week. So well done, Brad. Managed to pass uh, under 10s, managing to get everyone on the field. However, Hopgood only getting through 55 minutes was a big blow for my super coach team. <laughs> Uh, Matt Dory there is a big fear he's done a knee injury again. That's absolutely shattering for the bloke that after working hard, coming back last year from a late 2021 ACL injury, if I'm correct. No, I believe it was 2022 preseason he tore it. Oh, he came back through the late part of reserve grade yeah. in oh, Bulldogs yeah. charge to the New South Wales Cup grand final. That's what I was... Kind of getting my timeline mixed up. Okay, so uh, then, yeah, it might have been like November, December, sometime around then. Yeah. Uh, but I think they need to be getting more value out of guys like Wimmeru, Grigg, uh, Giro, Momasia, 
Uh, even Makatoa. Makatoa got through 119 metres. He got through a truck by the work. But I still think that there is more levels for Makahisi to reach. And Barlow playing 66 minutes for 24 matches is not sustainable enough for Parramatta. Yep, exactly. But, you know, the question is, I think they need to prove it. You know, they need to get the minutes they get and they need to prove it. I think uh, Makatoa was really good. I thought Murchie was solid. But Grieg and Mamacia really didn't have great games with the men's they got. And yeah, I tend if, to agree. If, if you're going to convince Arthur, who's notorious for speaking and sticking with his side, to change his rotations around, you have to be doing better than that. Uh, Josh Hodgson managed to run the football this week. Five runs, 68 metres, picked up a try. I think in terms of history, well, you know how they do the 40-yard dash mm-hmm. at the combine? Yep. What would Josh Hodgson's time have been on Thursday night? <laughs> I think Rich Eisen would have been them. <laughs> Schefter? Ooh, close. Close. <laughs> but look, Parramatta take on Penrith. They will get Ryan Madison back. So with that injury to Matt Dory, Cartwright obviously stays on an edge. Are you tempted to play Maddo on an edge with Hopgood in the middle? I think you have to. But if you're going to be playing Hopgood in the middle, you have to be giving him more than 55 minutes. You take a look at every other lock in the league that's not named Jason Town Malloy. They're all up 65 minutes a game. So that really has to be the target for Jermaine Hopgood going forward, I reckon, that 65-minute mark. Yeah, I tend to agree, my friend. Of course, he did get through... I think he got through the full time in the first game, and then I think he had something like 65 minutes against Cronulla. So I think they're slow. They're doing the slow prep for the return of Ryan Madison. But again, uh, options for Parramatta's middle. They take on Penrith next week. Uh, They still need to do something about that edge uh, because Wunga Blake is not sustainable as an NRL centre for much longer. The Cumberland throw is sick of giving him an F. Yeah. I I hope he knows how to speak Chinese. I really do. <laughs> no, we have to um, pick up his Scouse accent. <laughs> Sorry, he's, yeah, he's got to speak Scouse now. That's unfortunate. Wanga Blake, you are a lead rhino. <laughs> Couldn't wish anything worse than a Blake. <laughs> no, oh, they could have they oh, sent you to the Wolfpack. Pardon? You could get him to play for the Tigers. True. Or you could send him to the Wolfpack. Your choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Dolphins 36 defeating the Knights 20. Fins bloody up. <laughs> Third straight win for the expansion club. And, mate, they are finding their feet. They're a little bit down on troops as well. They had to play Kurt Donahue at hooker. Connolly Lamalelu was up front with uh, Kenny Bromwich as well. But I think the more focus on this game is coming towards the fact that the Knights were banged up to hell and back. Case in point, Matt Croker was their most experienced bench player. Yeah. Um, but first of all, full credit to the nice guys coming off the bench. They didn't have spectacular games and they didn't get a lot of minutes, but you know, to be there in that next man up mentality, 
it's important to have. Um, but let's talk. Let's talk about the Dolphins. Uh, key stats from this game: eighty-eight percent completion rate. Wow. When have we ever seen a completion rate that high before? I know it's only against Newcastle, but still. You know, they had 517 post-contact meters, Newcastle's 452, and that was only on 30 more runs. Wow. So as if they just had a ridiculous amount more runs. I uh, mean... Six, six line breaks. They yeah. had a, only three offloads, then created six line breaks off three offloads. You know, they look the real deal. You must be I, scared going into next week then? No, because they have no Jerry Marshall King. They have no Felice Cafusi. Mason Teague starting on an edge, mate. Get ready for it. Um, <laughs> Will Enrique is going to take his head off, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, you'll be happy to see him suspended. But anyway. Uh, Tessie Noob. A hat-trick for him, Jermaine Osako picking up 16 points. <laughs> Reese is like, this was not how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> but look, for the Knights, Lockie Miller finding a home at the back, isn't he? He is, and he's vindicating the move of Ponga to 5-8. Because when you can get a guy like uh, Lockie Miller, you get uh, the guy and you just work around him. And it's funny because Ponga's almost secondary. Obviously, you know, we don't know when Ponga will come back to playing right now. Mm-hmm. But the halves combination of Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings looks solid enough. And a large part of that was because of how good Lockie Miller looked at the back. Yeah, I tend to agree, my friend. But also, um, even though the Knights are still without Jacob Saifidi, Daniel's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Their back five were all over 110 running metres. But if you look at the rest of their forwards, uh, Jack Heverington was very poor, I thought, in that stint. Five carries, 54 metres. He needs to be doing more than that to help out. Uh, Brody Jones, playing in the 59 minutes, only had the four carries. Fitzgibbon, in 80 minutes, only the eight carries. Uh, Leo Thompson, he did okay. He tried his heart out. Uh, Matt Croker was awesome off the bench, I thought. Mm-hmm. but I think they just need someone to take that leap forward to go with DSAF over the next few weeks when they are low on troops. But well, well, uh, it's funny they had that guy and they forced him out of the club. Mm, would it be handy by now, wouldn't he? Mm, definitely. Uh, but Jackson Hastings was fouled. There's been some interesting... Commentary on this one by the Newcastle Herald's Barry Tui and some other ones saying that he shouldn't have had to go for a HIA. Mate, it's whiplash. His head hit the ground. He laid down. The independent doctor, of course, is going to pull him off the field. You numpty. Can we please just have a common understanding amongst... NRL fans and NRL officials to leave the concussions to the professionals? We need to, don't we? Because right, it's getting fucking ridiculous. And after that, um it's a joke. after that after that segment on Sports Sunday where they were debating whether headgear should become mandatory, he sent NRL physio to a stroke. He he can't he can't survive this. 
I'm, I'm sorry. No. For his health, you know, if we want to keep, if we want to keep an physio reporting on Storm players without all the facts, mm-hmm. we need to minimize the concussion talk. Or at least get him on the bloody panel to talk about it and at least yeah. push back on it. He's contracted to Fox. So. Oh, I'll get someone, get another physio or someone who's at least knowledgeable in there to push back on it. You'd think so. Look, it, it was frustrating. And again, from there, from the 69th minute, the Dolphins put on two quick tries to Reese's mate, Jermaine Asako. <laughs> See what I did there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were able to walk away with the 16-point victory. Uh, Felice Cafusi was charged with dangerous contact and thus will miss the Battle of Brisbane. Sorry, will miss the battle or one of the battles for Queensland. Uh, and for the Knights, who do the Knights have? A, oh, they've got the Dragons, I think, from memory. Let me have a quick gaze at the draw. Because I just think the Knights now... Let me have a think. If they wanted to keep Adam O'Brien in a job, they would need to have, I think it's a minimum, four wins on the board by Magic Crown. Yep, so it's Knights versus Canberra next week. Ah, Canberra, uh, sorry. Sunday. Is that the oh, okay. late game or the four oh, o'clock? Okay. Jesus, we've had some fucking stinkers on at four already. Haven't we? Especially that round one game. Like the Dolphins just beat up on a poor team. You know, what a shit way to start the season for a Sunday afternoon. Not going to say anything. <laughs> well, that leads us into our next game, which is the Roosters versus the Rabbitohs. It does, and it's a very much happier, AJ. Let me tell you. <laughs> 20 points to 18, and we beat the scum. Oh, sorry, South Sydney. Um, Look, it's always good to get a derby win, as Reese knows from last week. Uh, I'm very happy with everything this week. Uh, Robbo finally knowing how to utilize his forwards. I thought that rotation was spot on for a change. And you know how much I criticize it. Yeah. I think the decision to start, especially starting Fletcher Baker over Jared was a really good call because Jared coming off the bench just looked different gravy. Can I make a bold statement? Sure. I think when it's all said and done, JWH, along with Orbo, Pierce, oh, sorry, not Pierce, fuck Pierce, uh, along with Orbo, Cordner, Friend, Minicello, will be the top upper echelon of Roosters players of the modern era. Cronk not making it because of only the two years? Pardon? Only reason Cronk doesn't get that is because he only played two years, I assume? We'll throw Kronk and Tedesco in there as well. I just think on mere presence alone, like you look at the rest of this pack, uh, JWH had 17 carries for 174 metres, 62 post-contact metres. He was huge, especially in that period. You know, when he and Brandon Smith came on the field, you could just sense the tide shifting. And Cheese had, when he went through Ilias and Cole Matangi for that try, I was very, very happy in my office. Might have caused a bit of a scene. <laughs> but look, he was great. I thought Luke Keery was amazing. 
Ah, uh, that kick, man, for Tupo. How good was it? Mm. It was amazing. But uh, I've got some special praise for Jackson Barlow. He took this game seriously. He was basically bullied out of the club by the fan base, got death threats, everything. He made that personal. 19 carries, 192 metres, uh, 93 kick return metres, only the 28 post contact, four tackle breaks, two tries, three offloads. He was amazing, I thought. A couple of defensive inefficiencies and only the one handling error, but overall, I think it's good signs from Jackson. Yeah, it's very good signs. I think, you know, if I was doing the Dally M votes, I would have been very tempted to give Jackson the one point because he was... And I don't I don't like, you know, talking wingers as if they had a m- massive impact on the game because generally they don't. But Jackson Polo had a massive impact on the outcome of this game. Yeah, he... 192 metres on 19 carries. You know, being able to get in there and help Nesco with the kick return, especially. That's just the little things that make the Roosters' life so much easier. And then that doesn't yep. even... That's not even talking about the two tries. Yeah, I 100% agree there, my friend. And also, I think you're starting to get some role players starting to find their roles, like Turpin finding his role. Terrell May found his role nicely. Uh which is really great, good signs. But on the South Sydney, uh, I'm going to try and keep my cool here. Um, look, you guys played well. You started really well. You managed to get through that forward battle nicely. It was just a really, really strong start, but you weren't able to keep it up. There wasn't that response when um, JWH and Cheese came on. There was just no one able to match up with them in the middle. And I get the rotations cooked the second Harme Sele leaves after the first minute. When's anyone going to question South about their tackling techniques? That's twice this year already. Inside mm-hmm. the first minute, someone can't put their head in the right position. Ah, mm. uh, but look, Latrell. Latrell, Latrell, Latrell. Was involved. But a couple of key inefficiencies positioning-wise on a couple of plays, I thought it was very poor. That's fair. I can agree with that. And, and you, um, know, go on. you know, if you over-the-top criticise Latrell, I would defend him. But I think you're spot on with what you said. Yeah, I just think that when... Like, you look at the positioning, like... You should be tracking the players as a fullback. Like, you would at least come across and attempt to make a cover tackle on Cheese in that first instance. And I think... Cody Walker. Fucking grub. Yep. Like, seriously. Like, he he was dedicated to sprinting... What's the field? 110 by 65? Uh, yes. He was dedicated to sprinting over 40 metres to shove Sam Walker in the back. What a knobhead. That is commitment right there. Uh, but look, across the board for South Sydney, uh, I thought their backs were okay. Campbell Graham was huge, as was Isaac Thompson picking up that late try. But I think the key for South Sydney to succeed is a calm Cody Walker. 
You're not getting that at the moment. He's way too aggressive. And I think going into the future, it's a red flag for South Sydney. It's a massive red flag. But the thing is, this is what Cody Walker's always been. And I think I brought this up last year that it was masked a little bit more when Adam Reynolds was there because Reynolds was that controlling presence. But Ilias just doesn't have that same aura. And that's no disrespect to him. He's a great player, but he's just very young. Yeah, so, I 100% agree. There, so South Sydney. Has... Yep. Oh, yep. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry, mate. No, Sorry. You're all good. Again, uh, we, again, we need to start doing these in the studio. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> hey, soon. Soon, mate. Soon. <laughs> uh, South Sydney have Manly next week. That'll be an absolute huge one. Anthony Seabold revenge game, Mark 1. While the Roosters have a well-earned by Joey Manu. There are two things I want to talk on about Joey Manu. The first one, the first epic try saver on Isaiah Tass. Now, I've seen some great try-savers in my Roosters life. Minicello on Sean Rudder in the O2 semi-final. Minicello 2013. So 2012 on Ben murdoch Masilla, that one-on-one strip over the try line. At Leichhardt. Mm-hmm. Minicello on Merritt. Round 26, 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trell. On Luke Lewis in the semis against Cronulla. Mm-hmm. And then that. We're not known for speed. And if Hutch was in the centres there, it was a desperate try. But that lunge to yeet the ball out was something else. But then the second one with the high shot on Tass. I'm going to defend him, but at the same time, I'm not. He's trying to make a try-saving play. But I've seen some South fans compare that to the Chell Mitchell tackle. Respectfully, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that is nowhere near as bad as the Joe Mitchell's tackle. Yeah, all your I thoughts on that. it. I agree with that. Uh, but look, Roosters going to Dubai, well prepped. I am happy, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, you start the season two and one now after that initial scare for the Dolphins. You've recovered yeah. nicely, and now you go into the next phase of the season in a much better position than I thought you would be. Yeah, I think oh, as I said, I think I said it to you at the start of the year. I was, I was, my prediction was two and one because I thought we'd beat the Dolphins and the Warriors and then lose to Souths. But I'll take two and one with a victory over Souths. Yeah, fair enough. I'm very, very happy. With that, my friend. But we got to move on to Saturday's matches now. And it was a big win for the Gold Coast Titans. 38-34 as the heat wave up and down the east coast of Australia. Uh, mate. Jonah Pazette making his first grade debut. What were your thoughts on young Jonah? Well, he got the try. It wasn't that classy. It was a very classy try. And... I thought, you know, overall, he looked solid for, you know, a young half making his debut game. He had the line break assist, he had a try assist, had a line break himself, solid running of the ball, you know, kicking game was okay. He did, he didn't force a dropout, but, you know, neither did Drew Hughes or Harry Grant, mm-hmm. that matter. 
Yeah. Um. So yeah, overall, I would say pretty solid debut. Was good without being unspectacular. Uh mm. look, 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 look. For the Titans, they went through a doctor's surgery with that team list this week. Uh, Sam Verrills, again, can't shake the injury curse off him. Uh, Joe Vuna making his club debut. And as we predicted, Isaac Fasua Malawali. I did say there was something in the water there, didn't I? Yes, he did. Um, but look, for me in this game, there was a lot of swings and flows. You had Melbourne put on those three tries in the last sort of 15 minutes to go out to that 24-18 lead. But as we've seen so often, tries before halftime just bring confidence into a side. Uh, that was a real turning point, the Kelly try, because then Eli Katawa forces that offload, which he's drops for Joe Vuna to score. And then Shop goes for the pick six. And it was a massive turning point in the game. But a lot of attention surrounded Justin Holbrook's decision to hook Kieran Foran. Just before halftime, what did you make of that? It was an interesting call. I understand that with Jaden Campbell on the bench, you can afford to make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Foran, it wasn't his best game, all things considered. He wasn't really taking any of the kicking pressure off Tana Boyd. His ball running wasn't exactly the best. He did have the try assists. He did have a couple of line break assists. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, it didn't hurt them too much because they won the minutes where he was off. And even with Jaden Campbell defending, they still... I think they might have only let in the mini try. So. Yeah, I think you're right there. But I think, too, the conditions might have had an influence on that one, trying to exploit something through the middle third with Jaden Campbell's turn of speed. Yeah, I think that's another... Pardon? That could also be very true. Uh, a good moment for Alifania Khan Pereira, picking up those two tries. Hasn't had the best... Opening fortnight of his NRL career, but good to see him bounce back. And also looking across his tight end side, Chris Randall tries, but you know he's um, not going to be there. And with the news that Sam Verrills is facing surgery, it's his spot to lose. It is, but he just—he's just that old style hooker, you know. The type of hooker that doesn't last long in the modern NRL. No. And I think you look at some other points in this game. Tino tried to go for some get squares after poor Tana Boyd was in the woods all afternoon. I like the leadership. It's it's that young, raw leadership that people often frown upon. Um, yeah, I tend to agree there. Uh, yeah. For feeder. What'd you make of him? Yeah, again, another solid game. It's, you know, not his best game, but definitely not his worst game ever. So, you know, if you're if you're a Titans fan, I know you're, you're paying him a lot of money, but you'll take that consistency because it's not what they're used to. Yeah, 100% right, mate. On to the Melbourne Storm. 
Uh, the following people are exempt here. Nick Meany, uh, Harry Grant, that's it, and Jonah Pazette. You're all immune from criticism. That was some diabolical fucking football. Going through some of these stats is ugly reading. 63% completion rate. How often do we see that? From a team coached by Craig Bellamy, never. Look, there were some good signs. Your set distance was better. Tackle breaks good. Line breaks were 6-3. But your inability to ice red zone opportunities is hurting. And look, it's not a good sign moving forward when that happens. I thought Will Warbrick. All Melbourne fans were saying last year, oh, give him a chance, give him a chance. He was defensively very poor. Like, that one in particular to allow Carl Pereira to go on the outside for his second try. That was woeful. Yeah, I agree. Like, it was absolutely piss poor. Remus Smith didn't do enough defensively. Uh, Justin Olam, I thought, was okay in defence. Really tried to make a statement. Um, what's Tyron Wishard's purpose in this side if he's only going to get five minutes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tui was okay in his first game back. Christian Welsh, though, is where my criticism lies. Mate? He's the captain. And needs to lift his game. To be fair... It's tough when you're only playing 32 minutes. Was he only on for half an hour? He was only on for half an hour. Fuck me dead. Alec McDonald's on for longer than him? Yep. He played 21 minutes to start the game and then wasn't brought back onto the field until the 69th minute. Christian Wilde. Okay, I will reverse my criticism then. I will reverse that. I thought he was on for a little bit longer. Because I was doing the Melbourne um, stats. Fair enough. And I, th- I think it's because I left him... Because I, I swap and change the players as they come on and off. I think I left him there instead of bringing... I think it was Josh King on. So that's where it lies. Uh, Eli Katoa. We're still seeing the rookie Eli Katoa on show. The, sh- the offload to Jerome Hughes... Coming out after half time, why? Why was that pass even thrown? It's just an unstorm like mistake. And if he doesn't fix up those errors, he won't be a storm player for very long, I reckon. I mean, to be fair, it was the only knock on his game, but it was still a big one. It was a massive turning point in the game. Josh King, 68 minutes, only the 11 carries. He did have 112 meters, though. Uh, defensively, he was very sound. Uh, Alec McDonald, obviously Craig Bellamy sees something in him. But there was one point, I think he gave away... Oh, sorry, it wasn't a penalty, it was an error. Uh, but still, I think that he needs to think about his... He did have a very quick play the ball speed, 2.69 seconds. Bloody hell. Uh, Tarek Simso made his storm debut in this one. What would you make of Tarek quickly? Um, solid. It's sort of the type of game you expect in Tarek Sims. You know, he just had that error 
right. I think I think it was the set before the shop second try. Yes, where he dropped the, the ball. Time, at the same time, he offset that with some good running, and he poked his head through one break as well. So you know, like it I does said, even itself out. Yeah, like I said, the traditional Tarek Sims game. <laughs> and Bronson Garlic's there filling up a 17th quota spot. So for the Storm next week, they have... Who did the Storm have? Let me have a look if my computer doesn't want to screw around. They have the Tigers on Friday afternoon at Amy Park. Perfect bounce back game. <laughs> yep. As for the Gold Coast, they will be travelling up to Townsville to take on the Cowboys. That's an interesting one. But I Saturday, think that... Saturday, 5.30 game. So if it's anything like this, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. I think that first game in that heat is a massive building factor for a side. And I think that just builds resilience going forward. True. And I think it's a really good sign for the Titans. There's some good signs in attack. Just got to show up that defense a little bit. For my Very true. Apart from that. Okay. Moving on. Warriors 26 defeating Cowboys 12. Reese is lapping this one up, let me tell you. Um, I said last week that the Warriors were good and had ample opportunity to beat the Roosters. They needed to take advantage of opportunities, and boy, oh boy, they did just that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, they were ex- excellent, almost. I think uh, that's not a, that's not wrong. That's not far from the truth. That was bloody great. Yeah, I think. Well, let's get through, but. Let's go through their forward pack because their forward pack was what won them the game. Mitch Barnett, Torhu Harris, to, um, Viliami Vilea, Judd Savanga, all up over 140 metres. Bunty only got through the 17 oh. minutes? I'm sad. Yeah. And for Fenua Blake as well. I forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, they were great through the middle third. I thought Dylan Walker made a big difference, especially when Wade Egan came off. I think I don't know who they were playing at dummy up. I think Bailey Syrian was in there at one point. In that uh, last sort of 10 minutes. Here's a question for you. Fire Dylan away. Walker, early season spiky for an change of the year. That award doesn't exist anymore. But if it did exist, if it did exist. If it did exist. Not not out of the equation, but I think JWH after Friday night. Get it out your mouth. <clears throat> there we go. It's out. <laughs> uh, look. <laughs> Uh, Mitch Barnett, good to hear he's okay. Of course, he did suffer that awful crusher tackle from Galahad Dimasaki. Uh, he's okay. But I think the difference for mine, Marcelo Montoya, mm. 200 and nearly 50 running meters. Immense for him. He's having a great year. But also fought the young fullback, Tane Tulipiki. He was electric. Did I get that right? Yeah, he was electric. He was big. A, a lot of raps on him from Burley last year. He played guns out in the first preseason challenge game. He got his top 30 spot. Andrew Webster's seen a lot of faith in him, so really good signs there. But for the Cowboys, well, 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 how the almighty have fallen. I know it's only round three. But we have some serious question marks about this team now. I'm just going to put something out there for you, AJ. So I did some research because our good friend, Patago NRL, he mm-hmm. he was talking some smack Cowboys. So, good way or bad way? 
way. Um, so I thought, well, good way for me, um, being a Broncos fan. But anyway, uh, I did some research and I looked at why the Cowboys might have so much issues with their depth. Yeah. So in the past two seasons, so 22 and 23, so from the 21 season through to now, they've let go of seven first grade players. Gilbert. And they've only brought in five. And one of those was Luciano Leilua, who's unavailable. He's still on the stand-down list, isn't he? Exactly. So, obviously, they're trusting the young guns. I thought Tom Chester was great at the back. He's immune from our criticism. Yeah, he was really good. I will give Chester a pass. Uh, But, look, I think there's a couple of players there that are on borrowed time. Kyle Felt, for one. And everyone on that bench not named Griffin, Nemo, Helam, Lukey. Hmm. But what do, you, what do you also make up make of Jeremiah Nanai? Oh, Nanai? Yeah, Nanai. Sorry. That's that's a question we have to start asking too. Look, I'm not going to judge Nanai too, Nanai too harshly yet because even though we're in round three and the Cowboys are struggling, it's not remotely fair to put the struggles all on one player. And I get he's just signed a massive contract. I get that. But at the same time, an edge forward is not responsible for the Cowboys, for Cohen Hess missing five tackles, Jason Tamalolo missing five, um, and some poor edge defense outside of him. So I'm going to defend Nanai a little bit. Uh, do you understand now why I'm saying he has to play more minutes? 100%. Look at that again. run that he ran over Wade Egan. Yep, again, only 52 minutes. You know, they didn't bring him... They brought him off after 25 minutes in the first half. When they had the ascendancy. When they had the ascendancy, they take him off the field. By the time he comes back on in the 53rd minute, the Warriors have run in three tries, and they're about to run in a fourth through Montoya. Yep, 100% right. And I think where this Cowboys team falls short at the moment for me is that bench rotation. As we just touched on, it is nowhere near good enough. And Todd Payton's going to clown off some cliches about it not being there, not being in the contest. That's the problem with this side at the moment. They're not doing enough through the middle. Helam Lukey, I thought, was good coming back into the side. Uh, I think he could potentially push. But where is Mitch Dunn? Mm-hmm. I think Mitch Dunn is a better player than Sanua Brown. And I get Luciano Lelou is still not back yet, but I personally think that Cohen Hess is better used off the bench. And I get, and I get for the moment that they're just trying to get some minutes back in Helam Lukey. That's not the issue, Todd. The issue is how is the production levels of Cohen Hess. Having Hess on an edge, it worked in 2018, but he's a much different player now than he was back then. He's a much more player in a good sense. You know, he's, he's on the size to play prop. 
you know, and he was a very good in last season. But... Yeah, I hundred percent agree. But interestingly enough, of all the games this week, no tries in the final twenty minutes when fatigue is at its highest. In Townsville of all places. Well, that's a that, that that's a question mark on both teams then, because it shows neither team is able to gain the ascendancy. And, you know, you look at what some of the other teams around the league were able to do in the last 20 minutes of their games. In, you especially look back with the Cowboys in round two, what happened at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. And you start to see that maybe these teams just don't have the legs to go deep this season. I think, I think round three is an early benchmark for that. I want to see how the Cowboys get through the first, get through next week's game against the Titans. The Titans will be up for that game after the way that the Cowboys swept them last year. I want to see how they get up for that, but I want to see how the Cowboys wrestle through this mini crisis of players low on troop. We know drink water and Hiku and other players, etc., etc. Because next three games they've got the Titans, Bulldogs, Dolphins. Three games against teams that are going really good. Teams on the up, that's for sure. So it'll mm. be interesting to see how the Cowboys shape up there. But moving on, Reese, you'll be a happy camper. Inside the final 10 minutes, that is. Broncos 40. Uh, Dragons 18. Well, 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 well. This is a game of periods, isn't it? You had the Dragons on top for the first half. And Adam Reynolds' two-point field goal. Turning the tide, it seemed. <laughs> you had the Broncos running two quick tries inside the opening 10 minutes of the second half. And then Reese Lightning launched a... Realised that he was 17 minutes late to his performance. And came up trumps in that final eight minutes. Four tries, mate. It's something I haven't seen from the Broncos in a little while. Usually where the team gets four tries running past us in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure how to properly analyze it, honestly, because it's so unexpected, but uh, I'll do my best and I'll start with the guy who really led with it all because it's not actually Reese Walsh. I think, Ezra? Did, I think he did a service to him. I think it's Payne Haas. Pain, you reckon pain? Well, let me just give you this. 18 carries. 104 meters contact. 240 meters overall. Did I give him 100? I was doing the running meters for this game, so be thankful. Uh, two line break assists, which led to the tries first to Walsh and then... To, oh, sorry, first to... No, yeah, first to Walsh and then to Mam. So... Wow. Yeah, he was on a... And he's been on different kind of the first two games too, but we sort of haven't noticed him because that's what we expected. But even by yeah. his standards, this game was phenomenal from him. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing the location side of the statue, really, you're not really focused on the actual statistics too much. You're just going on plotting it in and around the field. So you don't really notice these things until you actually look at it and go, holy fuck, that actually happened? But, but yeah, look. It wasn't just 
pass either. Corey Jensen, 158 meters on three on 13 carries. Uh, Paddy Carrigan, 180 on 17. Tommy Flegler, he had errors, but 196 meters on 16 carries. How many minutes did he get through? Uh, 47. Not bad. Not bad yeah, at I, all. I'm, I'm starting to understand a bit more why the Dolphins pay him are paying him that contract, even though I think 800k is still a bit overs for him. Allegedly, 800k. Allegedly, 800k. Yes. But uh, I am starting to understand a bit more. But the way they laid that platform down, it's just allowed Ezra and Adam Reynolds so much freedom to move around in the halves and link up. You know, Adam Reynolds, you know, two try assists. To both to Katoni Stags. And yeah. Man just popping up every now and then, making the play. And then Reese Walsh coming from around the back in the last 10 minutes. You know, that was the best game I've seen from Katoni in ages. And he was I, more I, involved. A large Katoni. I think Adam Reynolds, Adam Reynolds now knows that um, Reese and Ezra are going to be going down the side with. Jesse Arthur's with Herbie Farnworth. So he's going to switch the attention over to the other side and get Stags and Cobo involved. And, you know, Stags walked away with two tries. Cobo walked away with a try. Both yep. equally, uh, or Cobo was because of, you know, Adam Rose was involved in the Cobo try too. He got the pass to Walsh. So. Yep. Uh, I just want to say quickly, uh, I'm going to talk about the Dragons and the Broncos. The Dragons were in this game for the first half, but... Once the the Broncos got those two quick tries, their heads just dropped. And I think the alarming thing was, I'm not too sure if you saw it, but Jack Bird's body language. He was hands in the air, very frustrated player. And look, Francis Molo, Reese's favorite player in the world. What's the nickname he gave him? The um the killer. The killer. <laughs> <laughs> look it up for those that are missing the context there. You know. If you know, you know. We um, that we gave him that nickname in the office too. <laughs> uh, he was good. Set 15 carries, 176 meters, uh, 84 post contact. But again, no one was able to help out off the bench, the exception of Josh Kerr. I thought he was really good as well. But for the Dragons moving forward, they've just got to stop those late fade outs. And I get the conditions were like a Roman bath. It was very, 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 very fucking hot. In Brisbane, I think it was like 29 degrees all game. Mm-hmm. So that can be an excuse. But I'm not going to be all praising for the Broncos here. Reese is probably going to go, Ajax, we won by 22 points. Hear me out first, Reese. That first half was pathetic. Like, I get you bounce back in attack and you're able to get those four quick tries on, but... With the exception of Haas, with the exception of Carrigan, there was nobody else doing the hard work. You're making way too many silly mistakes, and the Dragons were able to capitalize. AJ, it's almost like, you know, our team comes alive when we have a hooker that actually is dummy half effectively. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, oh, hello. He's going to blame Billy Walters. It's <laughs> <laughs> not just Walters' fault. He's just a major part of it. <laughs> like, let me have a look at it. Let me have a look at it when you're struggling. Penalty. Error. 
Rack infringement, Jordan Ricky. <laughs> Error. Yep, there's you. There's you. Another part of the answer. There's the what is it? Most common denominators, but I've got a few lol cows this week. Moses Sully. <laughs> oh yes. What were you thinking, blood? You got the short drop out. Everyone knows the rule, yet you proceed to catch it, and the Katoni goes down the other end and scores. <laughs> Genius, but we got to move on, my friend. Uh, Bulldogs 26, West Tigers 22. What an afternoon at Belmore. First of all, Channel 9 decides to block a request from the NRL to push the game back, only for the game to be finished eight minutes late anyway. <laughs> <laughs> apparently oh, they cut uh, apparently they cut some of the news stories out so they got to maths on time mm-hmm, correct I'm sure Peter Overton was thrilled with that news it was Georgie Gardner tonight Oh, <laughs> same Peter same was. but look Canterbury were good I thought in the first 60 minutes of the game Hayes Perram got that try Paul Alamotti was a thief of the night in attack in defence sorry uh Really good signs, especially when Matt Burden ran off Reed Marnie for that last try. That was absolutely outstanding. And also, an underrated side note, how good is it to see Kyle Fanning and kicking a goal again? Lovely. Lovely. Missed it. For, for Burden Supercoach owners, it's not good news. <laughs> but for the casual NRL fan... I mean, Roosters fans have been screaming about it for years, trying to get Flano to kick goals again, but... <laughs> Do you guys still remember that penalty goal? That's all it is. Um, we he was kicking. I think it was something like eighty-five or maybe even ninety percent in twenty twenty. Mm. But obviously, that penalty goal is a standout. I know. The, I know you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that was that was something. Let me tell you. Uh, but look, the Tigers. Mm, where do we go from here? Uh, probably the seventeenth. <laughs> Okay, excluding the three tries in four minutes, where do we go from here? Um, well, I think the first answer is there is no way that David Norfolk-Luma and Luke Brooks should ever pull on a West Tigers jersey ever again, or at least not for the immediate, immediate future. Norfolk-Luma will get hooked. I thought they looked a much better side when Brandon Wakem was out there. I thought Wakeham did his job. Uh, Luke Brooks will probably get a reprieve because he scored a try and had a try assist. <laughs> that, that, that's a new three-year contract, just off that alone. I thought they were going to up his salary to 1.2. Mm, yeah, yeah. I uh, if they don't get Moses, he'll get the money Moses was supposed to get. Yeah. Uh, Fanua Bolo picking up that try, really good in support. Uh, Johnny Bateman. First game for Johnny. I was very unlucky not to score that try where he was showing off his um, Liverpool soccer skills. <laughs> Wasn't that? Wouldn't that have been something? Oh, t- what a way to endear yourself to the Tigers by, by showing you have better soccer skills than Gareth Ellis. <laughs> would, have, would have triggered... No, he, ended um, up, Clem- he, he ended up doing the Ellis with the tribunal anyway, so... <laughs> uh, Clem was huge in his second stint, I thought, for the Tigers. There's more building blocks from the second half going forward for the Tigers. But at the same time, it's heartbreaking that 
they could score three tries in four minutes, but still fall short. Yeah, definitely. It's not. You... I don't. You know, like I'm not inclined to feel overly sympathetic to Tigers fans. But, but you are. I do, because yeah, they they have been through the ringer with this team, and they are some of the most loyal fans in the league, all things considered. You know, no matter how bad the team is, they still pack out Leichhardt. Campbelltown, not so much, but they pack that out. Yeah, and um, you look at guys like... I haven't seen Will Toshak's tweets today, but I'm assuming... It was Brooks Critical. Brooks Critical? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna pick out my best... I'm going to pick out one of my quickest favourites... From Will. We were talking about Supercoach today. He wasn't happy that I put on a big score. <laughs> more on that later. We'll have more on that talk later. But where is one that he actually typed? Brooks passing behind a player. Cover me shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but I think personally, Brandon Wakeham needs to be a part of this side. But the question is, how do you do it? Like... Does it become the point where Dane Laurie comes back, you move Staines onto that wing spot, you move, say, Dewey into the centres, or oh, sorry, you move, um, you shift Brooks out to our Western Suburbs and play Wakeham at seven? <laughs> you'd, you'd hope so, but I think realistically what the Tigers will try is they put Dewey at fullback and you have Wakeham and Brooks as the highest partnership. I like, don't know why they are so committed to Luke Brooks. Like, even Appy today was frustrated with him. And after that quick tap and fumble. Yeah, you can understand why. That was that was football suicide for Tigers fans today. Yep. Again, feel sorry for them. And, like, there were some players there that I thought weren't interested. I'm looking at you, Joe, off of Hank Gowie. 10 carries, 61 metres, 10 post-contact metres. He didn't... He was barely interested today. It's great to see the Tigers are finally getting the full offer and gallery experience. But at the same time, this is what the Tigers get for wearing a predominantly black strip on a 35-degree day. True. True. So, for the Tigers, they will get to endure football suicide even more when they go to Melbourne next week. If the first three weeks haven't killed Tim Sheets, I think next week might. <laughs> An angry Melbourne. And the Bulldogs get the Sunday afternoon game in Newcastle. So I thought they were, I thought they were playing Canberra. I thought Canberra were playing Newcastle. They've got they've got the Warriors in Auckland, don't oh, they? Oh yes, you're right. Sorry, uh, I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah, I think yeah. that that that'll be good to see early afternoon football in Auckland again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. It's going to be going to be fun uh obviously not as fun as if we had the original mass mass siren um I'll, I'll never die on that crusade but remember a couple of years i remember back in like 2010 how you'd have the noon kickoff then the 2 p.m game then the 4 p.m replay mm-hmm. yes we need to get that back like i love a noon kickoff i don't understand why they're so committed to this 6 15 game I think for the first month of the year, just because of daylight savings and the heat, we're blaming Queensland again. Yeah, blaming <laughs> Queenslanders. Uh, that ends in round six, I believe. Uh, and then I think 
check. Every, uh, quickly, every, oh, I think it's one of the origin, a couple of the origin winks we have them. Uh, yes, yeah, so round well. six, round six, we have, well, that's Easter, so obviously the last game will be the Easter Sunday Tigers game. And then round eight, we finish on a Tuesday night game because of Anzac Day. Yeah. Then after that, oh, we have another one in Magic Round. Oh, yeah. Magic Round's the exception because they've yeah. got the public holiday for next week. But then after that, round 13 ends on a Saturday. Um, round 16, Sunday afternoon. We still get three games in on a Saturday in round 16. That's crazy. <laughs> you got to love it, mate. You got to love it, my friend. But... Yeah, and then we have a Sunday night game in round... Oh, no, they still do Sunday night games throughout. They have. It's not every week. It's like every, every week. second week during the origin period. Then yeah, they die away. 14, um, 17, and 20. So it's after origin. Because yeah, actually, I... yeah, there's no Thursday game. Yeah, week. that's the way they wanted to do it. Uh, yeah. Moving forward, uh, speaking of the late game, Raiders 24, Sharks 20. I was doing the Raiders stats on this one, and it was a very interesting game of football, let me tell you. But I think we do need to start asking questions about the Sharks' defense. Like, they have conceded, going back from the finals, they conceded 30, 38, 27, 26, and 24 tonight. Are you waving the white, the red flags? Well, ironically, that's one of the areas that's actually going to get worse when they bring Nico Hines back in, because I think Trickle's a better defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's definitely worrying. I think, like we set, touched on last week, I feel like teams have now learned how to attack the Sharks. And the Raiders did it perfectly, because I remember last week, we we mocked the Raiders because... They, we, I said that they were trying to use the Panthers' tactics without the Panthers' players. Yes, you did. I was listening back to the program today in preparation. Yeah, but it this week it worked. Like you look at Albert Hopperwadi, mate. Hasn't he kicked on his? Mm. The frame on the bloke is immense. Isn't he? I understand now why Craig is stuck in reserve grade. Yep. Um. Danny Levi, though, only lasting three minutes with a horror broken jewel. Feel for the bloke. Like, came back from Super League. Ricky Stewart took a punt on him. He impressed in the preseason. Kept Zach Wolford in New South Wales Cup. And now this. Yeah, the football gods show no mercy. Amen. Uh, we, need the, we need the urinating tree bugle. <laughs> yeah. Starling was okay, though. Like yeah, nothing against Tom Starling. I was just yeah. really excited to see what Danny Levi could do this year. Yeah, I agree. But hopefully not too long term. I know Broken Jaw is usually around about, you know, one to two months. So hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully it's on the earlier side and he can come back and still be at his best. Yeah, elsewhere for the Raiders, I thought uh, Harley Smith-Shields is great. Matt Timokol, great. Seb Chris was really involved, I thought. Uh, we questioned the forwards last week. Corey Horsburgh was the man that decided to stand up two tries for the big fella. On the day they debuted Big Red's 12-inch. <laughs> a massive hot dog at Canberra. <laughs> That's what it's called. 
I've not, I've seen it today. We took the piss out of it in the office. It is. You need the you need the Stewie Griffin. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, mate, that is mm, something interesting. Yeah, fifty minutes in that weather for the prop and getting two tries. And mate. he was the one baiting Royce Hunt. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's half his job. Uh, do you want to talk about that quickly now? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, look, Corey Osborne did the right thing. He provoked. He didn't throw a punch. Royce Hunt didn't. He threw a punch and he went to the bin. Some and Sharks so. fans on Twitter were very unhappy about that. Well, if you don't want to get Sinbin, don't throw a punch. Calling Klein a corrupt cheat. Where have we heard that language from before? Hmm. <laughs> Looking oh. at you, Penrith. Not naming names, but you know, you know. What, what is it with these 1967 clubs? <laughs> On to Cronulla now. Uh, Will Kennedy, I thought was good. But I think we've got to start questioning some things about this shark side. Is Sifatalakai a good defensive centre? Uh, Maybe not. He can't no. goal kick either. I'm glad that we finally got the chance to clear that up. The goal kicking? Yes. Oh, mate, I'm still haunted by watching Boyd Cordner kick in 2013. <laughs> mm, it was not a fun night. Uh, I think Braden Trindle's got to be in this team long term. Yeah, I agree. He, he was great. 40-20 again? He can be, coming in at 14, a real game changer. Yeah, I know Blake Braley's an 80-minute hooker. But tr- we were talking about Trinnell's defence before. What's the harm of giving him 15, 20 minutes at hooker? Well, it could be just a utility middle. You know, what, an act as a 13 for Finucane? That kind of takes away from Cam McInnes, doesn't it? Or would you play McInnes as a prop? You can play McInnes and Finucane as the props in that situation. Fair shout. Fair shout. Uh, I was really impressed with... I mean, did the Sharks concede a try in the Simbin period? Um, no, they didn't. The Horsburgh cross. No, yes, they did, because pretty much right after he got Simbin, Horsburgh went out for a second. No, 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 no. Uh, Horsburgh scored, and then Hunt got binned. Oh, okay, yeah, fair. They scored with uh, Jesse Ramian off that short ball from Trindle following the 40-20, and then Nick Corner crossed, and you kind of thought, oh, they're going to come back here, but unfortunately with Cronulla... That Talakai <laughs> missed kick came back to haunt them. But I think this is going to be come across potentially the wrong way. I think Sione Katoa is on borrow time. Yes, definitely. I just think they've got a young winger in New South Wales Cup by the name of Samuel Stone, Stone Street. Mm-hmm. I've heard good luck about him. Yeah, Dan and a couple of the other Sharks fans, they went out to Canberra to watch the Cup game to check on his progress, and they they messaged me thinking that he should be in the side sooner rather than later. Uh, I think at the, end of the, at the end of the day, winger is easily the most replaceable position in an NRL side. Yeah, he's above Harati on the depth chart, apparently, and that's all that's important for Sharks yeah, fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Wait, look... Ikevali sit these days? Uh, Ikevali's still coming from that knee injury. Oh, he is too, yeah. Because their back five for Cup today was Harodi, Mansour, Jacob Gagan, Iroh, Stone Street. 
geez, weak outside of Stone Street and maybe Mansell, but I don't I don't know how good Mansell's been. They were, they lost to Canberra, who were playing Raiden Burns, Jed Stewart. That's Ricky Stewart's son. Uh, Ricky, uh, Jared Croker, Brad Morkos, Semi Valamay. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. So, Ricky Stewart's son, is that the one that has beef with Jamin Salmon? Jed Stewart, I think so. <laughs> He's stuck on the fucking wing. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have a wrap of the state uh, competitions uh, very soon because uh, a couple of people have requested we go through that. So we will do that. But for the Sharks, uh, they also picked up Tuku Hatapua. Now, he came across from the Roosters as part of the swap, as part of cap space to clear for Nathan Brown. So looking at the forward rotation, uh, you still got guys like Tom Hazelton in there that are ahead of him, I think, on the depth chart. But be interesting to watch with the Sharks currently one and two and defensively very suspect. Definitely. It's hopefully Hines is back next round so we can start to see sort of where the Sharks actually sit. But yeah, that said, they do have a bit of a toughie going up against uh, St. George Luara. So who know, knows? I reckon that could be a game that goes either way with or without Hines. Yeah, 100%, my friend. So we're going to do a quick wrap up of the State Cups quickly. Starting with the Host Plus Cup in Queensland. Uh, Northern Pride beat Mackay 16-12. Uh, Tweed Seagulls beat the uh, Western Clydesdales 26-22. Uh, Sunshine Coast Falcons 56. Walloped Ipswich 16. Uh, 22 all draw between the Magpies, uh, South Logan Magpies and the PNG Hunters. Uh, the Devils and the Dolphins, that's the grand final rematch up there. That finished 30 all. Good game, too. We were covering that one in the office today, mate. Mm. Uh, Winner Manly, 28. Uh, Brisbane Tigers, 26. And Central Queensland Capras, 30. Blackhawks, 22. That's round mm. two of the Host Plus Cup. Yeah, Burley Bears with a bye. Uh, New South Wales Cup. That's the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. Parramatta, 30. Defeating Blacktown Workers, 22. Uh, Newcastle, 30. Defeating Dragons, 10. North's 20 upset the Warriors 12. Uh, Bulldogs 44 defeating West's 12. Uh, Roosters 38, South Sydney 16. Alan Fitzgibbon scoring five tries in that game too, Reese. Yikes. And that and Alan Fitzgibbon scoring five tries isn't a good thing. Are the highlights out for that game? Ooh, I'll have to see how each of those five tries were scored. <laughs> and then as we touched on, uh, Canberra 28 defeating uh, Newtown 20. So, on oh, Jared Wallace played New, uh, Queensland Cup today and scored a try. Even though he had personal issues, which made him miss the first grade. So, is that just Wayne Bennett pulling the sneaky? Yeah, they're up against the Blackhawks. He was up against James Tarmo. <laughs> Wait, since... Hold on. Since one of the Capras being a Titans reserve, oh, they're Dolphins reserve grade in the team now, I guess. Yeah, yes. That sucks. I liked when the Capras were a Broncos reserve grade team. They were actually Ben Hunt's reserve grade team of choice. He played there for a little while in the Yeah, I think there's a mix of, I think there's a mix, like, it's similar to the Broncos. You nominate a club where you go to for the Dolphins this year. You can either stay at the Dolphins or go Capras. 
Yeah. But from what I'm gauging, a lot of the NRL dominant players have gone to the Capri's. You've got guys like Gildart, Milford, Wallace. I think I think it's good. JJ Felici. Because playing for the Capras, it gets them away from, you know, being in the Brisbane area. They get to yeah, go I... to Queensland. Yeah, 100%, mate. Uh, on to Supercoach. The fun part of our week. Cheesing for the W had a monster week. 1,128. My first time cracking the thousands in 2023. I'm very, very proud of my team this week. Reese, how did you finish? We were, you know, the two points. Of course, we ended up with 1,056. Not uh, bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Had a couple of misses. Had a couple of guys who I should have played that I didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, we move. We do move, my friend. We're going to go through our league scene scores quickly, and then, of course, we'll touch base as far as prices are concerned for next week. So, going through... Uh, and of course, we'll announce our top scorers too, which is actually our first result. Subbo Dan, good friend of the show, picking up top scorer of the week with 1,151, beating his son, Bryson. Nico Hines, uh, 1,025. Uh, DC Easy Dorian, 1,124, beat Rolf Harris's Jared, 1,009. Uh, Cheesing for the W, AJ, 1,128, defeating Cody's Gone Walkabout, Jacob, uh, 1,063. And, of course, as we say all the time, these matches are update pending. Yeah. Uh, Smoking Billy's Billy, 1040, defeating our Lolsters. Our Ulsters, sorry. Uh, 1029. Uh, Dylan's 13, 1117, defeating Walk in the B Parker, 898. That's a shellacking. A bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, East Beats and Sean, uh, 1061, defeating Clear Overrated Hux, 961. Uh, like did sort of maybe set up his team this week. I'm not sure. Maybe. He still had Fisher Harris playing. <laughs> He's probably trying to do some pods. <laughs> He's probably trying to do some loops. <laughs> uh, CWFC Haley 10.55, beating Mother and F up Michael 10.45. Uh, I will, Will Toshak, so we can celebrate another win, beating Marvel Marathon Luke, 941. I'm noticing wait. a trend here, Reese. Yeah, and wait, another win? For Will? For, yeah. He, he didn't win today. The Tigers lost. In Supercoach. <laughs> uh, I'm noticing a trend here, Reese. What would that be? Top scorers from the previous week are getting below par results the next. Hmm. Because we had uh, Pete do poorly last week after being the top scorer. And then we've got Luke this week, Marvel Marathons, not pulling out all the stops. Dan, if you're watching, count your days, brother. Count your days. <laughs> uh, two page, Reese, 10.56, defeating Alpha Justice, Anthony, 9.67. And then head coach Pete, we pulled off a win against the Wilcania Bulls, Mick, 900. And 82. This week is a big one. Uh, the price change has come into effect. So, of course, the break-evens, all of that works. So make sure you hop on the Supercoach, check your price changes beforehand. Uh, wait for Teamless Tuesday before overreacting, please. Nothing worse than overreacting to the price rises. Yes. 
Uh, but for my plans this week, I need to put out a fire that is Egan Butcher. I just think that with the way he's playing on the edge at the moment, it's not suiting Supercoach, so I'll probably dump him, move Schuster to the back row, and if Hines plays, I'll probably move Katoa back to 5-8 and then play Cleary and Hines. I'm not yeah, too sure what to do there. And then my last one revolves selling Teddy for your man, Reese Walsh. I like that. I like that. That's sort of my plan for the moment. I'm happy with my starting side. Like, I mean, Dewey was the only real bed shitter of my starting side this week. Everything else was bombs away. Oh, except Hopgood as captain. That was the other real bed shitter of the week for me. Yep, fair enough. Uh, what are you thinking? Okay, so I'm going to do a similar, or the exact same thing with Defco, trade him out for Reese Walsh. But then I am going to trade out Adam Dewey for Nico Hines. I have the money. Is that pending TLT? TLT, of course. But I have the money in the bank to do it. I have Katoa, who can go back to 5'8". I moved him to halfback this week because I traded out Cleary for Ezra Mam. So it can be done quite easily. And obviously it's a bit of a blow because I just traded in Wade Egan this week and he's now going to be for the 11-day stand down. Have um, to move the reserves around the ship a little bit. Yeah, but it's something we can live with. The only other player on my team that's losing money, period, like not even losing big money, just losing money, is Cameron Murray. But yeah, that's the same for me. I can sort of live with that. You know, so if I get a Desco, I can live with him and Cameron Murray lose money because right now he has the lower break even, so it's, he's going to lose less money over time. And I would mm-hmm. say he's been a bit more consistent than Tedesco for the first three weeks. It's an interesting predicament with Cam Murray. Like, South softened out that draw a little bit after that tough few weeks. Um, I want to see how high Hopgood's price rises. And then well, I might move him on next know, week. I don't know whether this was heading into round two or heading into round three or it's been updated. Oh, no, it's been updated. His break-even is negative 139. So he's going to he's projected to get a price rise of around about 180k off this uh, this week alone. Wow. And that even is not going to reset straight away. So cuz he's got that 124 from round 2 that's going to stay for a long time. Yeah, I think it's going to be safe that he's going to end up around about the 450 mark. But then 450 that, 475, yeah. After that, I think it depends on, you know, the minutes he gets. If he gets the same minutes he got this week, he's not going to get much further. Yeah, and of course, check out the guys over at SC Playbook and Beers and Breakevens for all your best Supercoach tips. And also our Twitter page, we'll see, we'll probably post up the higher-rate price tries, the best and the worst, so you guys can make a better informed decision. Hmm. Okay, lockout of the week! This week was pretty hard. Like, there was a lot of different options we could go for with our low cow this week. But, look, I had who I wanted to go for in my head. I just completely forgot. 
who... Oh, yes, I know now. I know now. Uh, some of the Twitter, Twitter dickheads this week. Now, we post on our League Scene Twitter page about Angus Crichton being released from rehab. And for some of the friggin' disgraceful comments we copped for just posting a news story. Like, I get that there's been some rumours floating around, but at the same time, show some fucking respect. Please. We don't ask for much, and we, and people have gone, oh, don't buy into comments. But at the same time, we need to uphold the integrity of our stories and do the best that we can to help people establish the truth from facts. And for some of the comments that we saw, believing some of the bullshit rumours we saw was disgusting. At the end of the day, we're not a rumour page. We're a news page. And the news is that a guy who has been publicly dealing with, you know, mental health issues, with bipolar disorder, has taken a massive step in his recovery. That's something we should celebrate, not something we should tear down by feeding into conspiracies and rumours. 100% right, my friend. What have you got? Uh, well, first of all, shout out to India for a late submission by being bowled out for 76 in the ODI against Australia. What? <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. It wasn't 76. It was 117. They were like 6 for 76. What? Still? But, yeah. uh, but uh, my dear friend, you're going to hate me for this because my low care of the week is Sydney FC. <laughs> I knew right. this was coming. I knew this was coming. <laughs> so, if you haven't been following the league, it was the third Sydney derby this week. Okay? The two previous Sydney derbies had ended 1-0 either way. So, in the Sydney derby at Parramatta, the Wanderers put out a TIFO of Freddy Krueger in red and black hoops overlooking the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> and it was really cool. Like, it was a genuinely cool TIFO. But obviously the Cove was upset because they started all going around talking about how the Wanderers just copied the design and that, you know, their TIFO wasn't as good as the fans made it out to be. Uh, anyway, <laughs> leading up to the game, Sydney FC decided to feed into that by saying that, well, at least our TIFOs aren't bang average. With Is that for what Borello said in the post game? Yep. Yeah. With photos of all the different TIFOs that they've put up for the Wanderers game. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to go in with that sort of mentality, it's probably for the best that you don't end up losing 4 0. Um, exactly, that's exactly what Sydney FC did. Um, so. That's a major blow for Sydney FC's finals hopes. For the Wanderers, it pretty much forms them yeah. inside that top four race. All good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> I've just... Pardon? What time do you want to leave tomorrow? Uh, 8.30. Okay, then. All right. Night, Nan. <laughs> Joys of living in, with your family, kids. Yeah, but like, like I was saying, probably not the best for Sydney FC to lose 4-0, but that's exactly what they did, and now they might have to sack Stephen Corica, which probably isn't a bad thing. 
It's not a bad thing to sack Stephen Corica. <laughs> it's a bad but thing what if? Do you want to know what made it worse? Our social media admin, the proper derby after the <laughs> Roosters Rabbitohs game. <laughs> also, you had Lavar Ball of all people in attendance. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's definitely wearing... Uh... Also, shout-out to New South Wales Police stopping the RBB from marching to Central Station. From Central Station. Oh, wow. They had to ch- walk in silence. Oh, wow. He changed so much. Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, that's all we've got time for, for round three of the competition. Uh, Reese, thanks very much for hopping on. Thank you for having me as usual. And we'll catch you next week for our look at round four. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys.